0: finally able to introduce an episode of Hand of Pod for the first time ever by saying, Riva Campeon! Welcome to Hand of Pod. For three and a half years, we've covered s- seven short championships in full, and this is the first time in the Hand of Pod era that we are able to say those words River Plate on Sunday were crowned champions of Argentina. For so, you're the not 30th counting the Nacional Bay there, de- 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 Sam? No, no, <laughs> like we Like a lot of fans. Well, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> we didn't. No, they're not counting the Nacional Bay, they're counting ah. the amateur title, which they have every right to do and should do. As a Racing fan, I'm sure you'll agree. Of course. Uh, I'm but Sam Kelly, as I Normally um, am, you have guessed that already, and we're joined by a bumper crowd uh, this week. First of all, we have the usual suspects, albeit slightly more of them than normal. Uh, Peter Coates is sitting on my left. Hello. Gustavo Malamud is sitting across the table from Peter. Hello. English Dan is sitting across the table from me. Good evening. It is English Dan's living room in which we are recording this evening. and Andres is sitting to my right. Good evening. In very good spirits, as am I, you would have noticed already, thanks to River's title win. And we're joined this week by some Americans. The uh, we're being filmed. I failed to put my makeup on before coming out because I wasn't aware that there we're going to be cameras here, but uh, we will try to do our best. They're mostly just getting in the back of Dan's head. Uh, we're joined, <laughs> first of all, by um, American Sam. How you doing? Uh, we're joined by American Peter. Hi. Yeah. And we've also got two other guys operating the cameras, who are Austin, just bellow hello. Hey, guys. And uh, another Peter, American Peter too. Greetings. They will be jumping in from time to time with questions as we record, and then we will ask them exactly what they're doing in Dan's living room um, (laughs) at the very end of the show. But first of all, where do we start? Because we've got two of the big five finished at very opposite ends of this tornell finale table, and I think it would be remiss of us not to mention both of them. Not quite opposite uh, ends. Ooh. Yes, very much opposite ends. Top and bottom is pretty No, Racing didn't
1: finish bottom. They're fourth from bottom. Oh, you're right. You're talking about... Third, third from bottom. If it was a long tournament, it would have been uh, Of bottom. course, right, they finished bottom of the season. But if it was obviously. a long tournament, the River wouldn't have won the title. So no, they wouldn't
0: have. Um, oh, yeah. right, I was getting... <laughs> <right>. <laughs> that sounded very prepared. <laughs> uh, yeah, R- Racing managed to finish two points off the bottom of the table. All boys and Argentinos Juniors, the two uh, relegated sides, and there are still only two relegated sides for the moment, both finished on 15 points for the Donnell final Racing managed to jack their way up to 17 a points. mighty 17 points yes uh, with a what was it they did in the final <laughs> round
1: they lost to uh, Godoy Cruz of
0: course yes they lost 2-1 away to Godoy Cruz yes. that meant that Godoy Cruz was safe um, the other relegation candidates we shall talk about in a while <laughs> but we have first of all just to mention at least in passing Racing's rather pathetic season if Argentina had a proper relegation system Racing would have been relegated about four weeks ago was it?
1: Uh, yeah, they would have been done a while ago. So we were safe there, I'm happy to say. Indeed. <laughs> Never change, I hope.
0: By the same system which relegated River, of course, three years ago. Indeed. Um, and River have now picked themselves up from that historic low and are champions of Argentina, as I've mentioned already, for the 35th <laughs> time. Um, already
1: 35 times you mentioned it? Yes, wow. quite
0: possibly. Um, <laughs> it's getting that way. They did it in in the style that Joel Richards, if he were here, would, would tell us is River's Rivers Way. Ganar, Goliar, and Gustar. I got those That's two the wrong way round but it's the same thing anyway. It's three G's uh, of win, enjoy, and, and thrash, basically. Um, they beat Quilmes 5 0. You will remember as uh, we, who was it? Me, you, me, Peter, and uh, Andres, wasn't it? Last week, uh, were discussing the fact that there were three sides who went into the last weekend with hopes of the title. Gimnasia and Estudiantes were the others, but it was in Rivers' hands. If they won, they were champions, whatever happened. As it happened, both of the La Plata clubs lost at the same time as River beat Kilnes uh, 5-0. Mm. Fat Fernando Cavanaghi scored two mm. goals and no longer looks quite so chubby. Uh, Gabriel Mercado celebrated his inclusion in Argentina's World Cup long list by heading in a goal from almost on the line mm. to make it 2-0. Uh, Cristian Ledesma scored his first goal for River Plate in his 111th match. Oh, it's a stunk isn't yeah, what, a what a way uh, to do it. Made it 3-0 with a 35-yard Tile driver which could not have gone any further into the top corner and in the 89th minute Teofilo Gutierrez um, celebrated his own World Cup trip by finishing off a lovely little passing move and sliding in a really slide rule Manuel Ancini through ball to make it 5-0 uh, the celebrations lasted long and loud Fernando Cabanache afterwards uh, tweeted that he needs a month off now so he won't be playing the Super Classico <laughs> I think he meant for the Coneo uh, Final general stuff he needs a rest but it did read a little bit like he had a massive hangover um, <laughs> the other results on the same day were Tigre 2, Estudiantes 1 and Gimnasia La Plata 0, Boca Juniors 1, That's last result hilariously for River fans, it means that Boca are the team who finishes runners up which only adds to the sweetness in a way, does it not Andres? You're the River fan to so take it away
2: Yes, and, and which is remarkable because Boca defeated Gimnasia in a match which was uh, covered by some suspicious, uh, it was like, uh, no, one, no one believed or, or a lot of people thought that they wouldn't be that, that strong in order to gimnasia to fight for, for title as well as river. But of
0: course they were playing for their own Copa Libertadores place. Yes. Uh, because the Copa Libertadores spots go for next year to the winners of the Donel Final, which if I didn't mention it already is river plate, um, the winners of this year's Copa Argentina the winners of this year's Super Copa Argentina, I think, which is going to be played between either River or San Lorenzo. I don't know if it wins the torneo or... Uh, no, who wins? No. No, uh, the I Copa think Argentina is. winners don't do that. It's the winners of the Torneo Final. The winners of the Copa Argentina... The winners of the Copa Campeonato, which the winners the played com- on Saturday. No, 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 no. If San Lorenzo win, they go next year to... to ah, to yes, of course, right. Yeah, River are in it already, so it doesn't count that way for them. But yeah, you're right, San Lorenzo too. Uh, the best Argentine team in the Sudamericana... And the winners and of the... the Transitorio. Torneo transitorio. Currently being called the Torneo transitorio or Torneo <laughs> transición, but we don't know whether it, I hope it just turns out to be another Torneo inicial. <laughs> um, plus the winners, the winners, the team who finished top of the season-long table, i.e., if you're from Europe, the league table as you would call it, um, and that was going to be Boca Juniors if they'd won by one goal more than they did win by. They needed to win by two, um, as it was the victory over Gimnasia meant that they did go top of the league overnight, but that they couldn't possibly finish top of the league. Because San Lorenzo and Venez Sarsfield, the two clubs who were going to finish above them, were playing each other. And whichever one of them uh, got the result they needed, it was going to be enough to take them above Boca. At least on goal difference, I apologise for that police siren in the background. Um, but Andres, tell us about your feelings as a River fan, having lived through the last six well, painful you know, years it since the last championship.
2: It will be difficult to talk about this because I am a bit touched due to... The, that river has same amount of tournaments as my age, so thirty-five, thirty-five, <laughs> and it's like one tournament per year. And, and uh, they did it in a way, yes, like Joel and I. He will, uh, I will agree with him. The way they they, they closed the, a brilliant tournament, of course. You, you, if you remain and you only stick to this match, you will say that River was uh, like a luxury and. They had matches in which, for example, against Cologne, against All Boys, that uh, were pretty awful. But uh, in this case, we can say that it was they rounded a, 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 a deservedly deserved uh, trophy because well, uh, they were the, the best. You can't argue with the table, as I said last canapole. And uh, well, uh, yes, happiness has. Uh, uh, flooded River Plate supporters, uh, uh, and they, and apart from that, the party after the match against Kilmes which uh, previously could have been more difficult than it was, uh, was uh, an example. The, the party after the match was like the supporters with the with the cell phones the to be clear we're talking the about the
0: party in the stadium right not the ridiculous <laughs> gathering at La Rural that happened the following day it was broadcast live <laughs> to the nation on Fox Sports yesterday <laughs> was yes I, 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 I,
2: I, I, I wasn't able to watch it but what, <laughs> Fernando
0: Kabanaki's bright red tuxedo was by far the high point but I had to turn up <laughs> <over laughs> that because the guy no, Ramiro Fones
1: by tie as well. Oh, the first time is good. Oh. And Ramiro,
0: looked, um, Ramiro looked very good indeed. But uh, no, Kamenaki's uh, tuxedo for me was the, <laughs> the Prince style oh, highlight, great. or the Fantino style highlight, yeah. perhaps. Um, <laughs> but I had to turn over because the MC was just doing too much shouting at the top of his voice. It was making me feel unwell. Um, but yeah, the party afterwards, uh, immediately after the match, was. Look like quite something. That Unfortunately, Joel's not here. Joel was out of the game, and we wanted to try and get him to tell us about it was an
2: European-style party. Uh, even though, even uh, being better than the Juventus, for example, party after the match win in which it was more like Argentinian uh, party. People uh, going to the to the pitch and, and and that stuff. The the supporters, uh, supporters, I mean, and and talking about the, the afterwards party. Rogelio Fusmo, uh, Ramiro Funes sorry. He said that he, his dream now is to win the Copa Libertadores. So uh, if we can dream, let's dream. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, happy about the, the ending of the tournament.
0: There. And it's a good start generally for Rodolfo D'Onofrio's mm-hmm. presidency as well. I was just about to ask you guys. I know,
1: yes. I know it's very easy to say now that the championship's in the bag and they did go out with a bang against Gomez. But do you think like his coming in and Passarello going out that influenced it at all or was it more like the people on the pitch that always had the the potential?
0: I I, I think both um I think D'Onofrio's words <laughs> with Ramon Diaz towards the start of the championship, when he sort of sat down with him and said, Look, you're the the, the winningest and not to our American guests uh, manager of all time for this um, for this club and you're um you clearly know what you're doing. You're not my favourite. Uh, no. but I'm prepared to give you the chance as long as you do your work properly in this championship. I think that helped to focus Diaz's mind a lot. Yeah. Because the transformation between River during the or certainly during last year's finale and this year's, it was unrecognisable. I think we could see during the initial in hindsight, uh, in fact, we, we mentioned it quite a bit during the initial as well. River were making a habit of dominating possession. They were making a habit of doing a lot of the, the stuff right without managing to get things right in the final third. The defence was always oh. strong possession-wise they were good but they couldn't carve the chances open and they couldn't score enough obviously which uh, I think towards the start of the, the final this year we had what was it something like a run of eight games without scoring that was, yeah, um, that yeah, was interrupted in the second or third round of the torneo final um, and I think from that point of view Donofrio or whatever it was that he said to Ramon above and beyond what got reported in the press clearly was um was a contributing factor because under Pasarela Diaz just seemed to be going through and being a bit lazy and whatever and as well the away form uh, of course this is another thing we're going to pick up on now River's away form um, no side has ever been champions of Argentina before now having won only two matches away from home in either in short championships or in long championships that's what River have just done but those two matches have come in the last five away games River have won two drawn two and lost one Which is a huge upturn in form compared with the first half of the finale And the whole of the Domeo Inicial away from home Of course at home, um, almost unstoppable They they lost one match, it was their second home game of the year Against Godoy Cruz with that very last minute I think there were about 10 seconds to go uh, Winner, and apart from that they've won all of the other nine Uh, They've kept clean sheets in seven of their last eight home matches Which of course have been eight wins in a row And they've claimed 27 points from a possible 30 which it says here is 90% effectivity. Do you know the last time River managed to get 90% of available points in a home campaign? I
1: don't, why don't you tell me
0: 1997 so. Tornado Apertura. There which we was go. the, uh, not Pellegrini, the, the record winning one, under Diaz in fact, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, when they finished with 44 points or something stupid like that. Um, which should ask, sorry,
2: should that's also, which was the last president in which his, in his first six months, he achieved to win a tournament okay, well. like Donofrio, uh, and, and take, take, talking about differences which are clear between uh, Daniel Pasarela, the, the the last president, and Donofrio, because four years in four years uh, Daniel Pasarela achieved a relegation, and, and in six months only Donofrio has succeeded in winning a, a, a his first title. Sometimes you don't have to say anything to the coach, to Ramon Diaz in this case, because he knows perfectly perfectly how to manage with players, in this case, uh, the, the players that were available for the Real Plate squad. Uh,
0: do you know the answer to your own question, Andreas? Mm-hmm. Who the last president was to do this? No. I oh, don't. you're a naughty boy, you shouldn't ask a question if you know. not have <laughs> wasn't
3: it Could be Davice. What, what was that? Uh, I'm not sure it was around that time, I don't know. Was it, was it Davice at that time? Or he was already gone uh, I, the dates are I think it was sailing him. over the heads of it, those yeah, who've yes.
0: not been here for uh, all my life <laughs> yeah. um, anyway at the end of the day we're at a play at the champions uh, they go into a match this Saturday at is it 9pm uh, in San Luis. San Luis San Luis thank you to say
1: something the province you of know, San Luis but that. in another place I can't remember yeah. Punto Alto or something like something that, like that.
0: Uh, against San Lorenzo to decide the the Copa Campeonato, unlike last season's Copa Copa Campeonato, which apparently, after all of that fuss that we made about it being changed, was actually never changed officially by the AFA. They just released some memo saying, listing titles, and they didn't put that one onto Vélez's tally. But uh, there's been no official AFA meeting and vote to take that championship away from Vélez. What they have clarified is that this year's Copa Campeonato, in spite of its name, is not a championship. <laughs> it is merely a playoff to decide who goes into the, as we say, the Copa Sudamericana. If San Lorenzo win it, then they also go into next year's Copa Libertadores. Uh, so they've got the same thing of more being in play for one team than the other that they had last year with Velez and Newells. Um, and of course, the winners will also go into the incredibly prestigious uh, Super Copa Argentina in December against whoever wins the Copa Argentina, or possibly in January or February, who knows, I can't remember when the last one was played. Um, well, that's Rivers Championship. Yeah. Which probably Deserved, I'd say. Now. Uh, I, I thank you very much, much Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. Four points more than San Lorenzo managed in winning the Torneo Inicial.
1: Still fairly <laughs> low.
0: Still fairly low, but at least it's uh, at least it's not yeah. the lowest of all time.
1: I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be even lower than San Lorenzo's They're also at um, some point. Yeah, yeah, I, river, I think uh, we said exactly yeah. that when we
4: did the yeah, preview yeah. show before the Torneo Final started. Mm. We all kind of sat down and said, with yeah. the teams involved in the yeah. Libertadores there's a huge number of teams that could potentially win the championship and they going to all a take score, yeah. points off each other. And
0: in fact, if San Lorenzo had managed uh, 33 points again in this championship, they would have been second because Boca, Estudiantes and Godoy Cruz all finished title 32. Ah, Godoy Cruz, as oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, so well done, Godoy Cruz. And of course, Godoy Cruz allows us to segue seamlessly in true 100-pod style into the relegation battle, which took place a couple of hours previously.
1: That brilliant. Absolutely, brilliant Absolutely
0: And this is where You want the drama Because River made things Very boring for the title oh. race 1-0 up after 10 minutes 2-0 up after Whatever it was 15 or 16 minutes Coasting No no doubt at all Given that Kilmast Didn't have anything To play for as well um, For the relegation battle things were rather <laughs> different we had three matches and I'm going to remind myself very quickly of what they were now they were Godoy Cruz against Racing as we mentioned earlier. Rafaela already. against
1: Arsenal, Arsenal and against... Colón against Olimpo
0: Arsenal at home to Atletico de Rafaela and Colón at home to Olimpo de Bayablanca. um Godoy Cruz took a lead against Racing after the first minute with Gaston Diaz scoring and the tension pretty much evaporated there because of course as we mentioned last week Godoy Cruz were already a point ahead of Atletico and Colón um so like well, Chris, at home and dry, we don't need to worry about them, although all matches were being played at the same time.
1: Although you're saying time. that now, I mean you're looking back, um in that game which is to say it was two one to to Cruz and Racing had come back, you know, to get it one one oh and then yeah, did a Awful bit of defending and let it slip. Yeah, typical but, typical but if Racing. that game had ended in a draw, mm. with the two amazing finishes that we oh, speak right, about yeah, now, Veracruz would have gone down.
0: It's worth bearing in mind, though, that Gabriel Archer was sent off two minutes before Godoy Cruz scored their second to make it 2-1. That's so, um, not necessarily a handicap. For most of the last half hour, uh, Godoy Cruz looked pretty much home and dry. Yeah. Especially given they were playing Racing. It crap, anyway.
1: They just kind of... G- no, Racing had just given up on the season. Like Merlo went and... Radelli was in he put all the the kids in I think they had about 8 people from the academy playing and it was this year just running down um, the season they knew we weren't going down We, we were safe and then it's just a case of limping towards the end and then rebuilding for next season, I think.
0: We will talk more about Rassing in a minute because, of course, we have a managerial saga oh, to, uh, to unlock as well and to look at. I can't uh, get a fucking break. <laughs> I, I, I apologise. Uh, but first of all, we need to talk about the other two matches. The first, uh, Arsenal struck the first blow. Uh, they went 1-0 up after 13 minutes through Nicolas Aguirre at which point we had Colón on 140 points and Atletico de Rafaela stuck on 139. We're just leaving God like Chris out a remember, because we've already told you what happened. Um, then, who scored the next goal? Atletico equalised four minutes into the second half through Juan Eluchans with a fantastic free-kick, yes. right into the top corner, beautiful, um, to make it 1-1, and the two teams, once again, were tied. But merely 20 minutes later... No, hang on. No. No. 15 minutes later, uh, Matthias Sarolite put Olimpo 1 0 up away to Colón and Atletico was safe. They had 140. Cologne back down to 139. Five minutes after that, Dario Gandin scores for Colón and it's 1 1 and both tied at 140.
1: Ex Rafael Gandin.
0: Yes, you're quite right. Yeah, Dario Gandin, ex Atletico Rafael.
1: And he missed like penalty that was saved and then he got up and just about nodded it in. Yeah, <laughs> incredible.
0: Um, and that's how it remained until stoppage time. When in stoppage time, Lucas Albertengo broke through the back line at, in Sarandí and finished low past Alejandro Límia, Arsenal goalkeeper. Uh, Christian Campestrilli, of course, was suspended for this match. Suspended or injured? Suspended. Suspended, yeah. Um, to make it 2-1 to Atletico against Raffaello, with about a minute or two minutes of stoppage time to go. The director's box where the Atletico... Um, Directors were, went absolutely berserk, of course, and Rafael, I think they've saved themselves. The cameras cut to, well, in fact, the cameras cut, I cut, I changed my television channel to Santa Fe, where the other match was also being screened, of course, because Football paratodos allows us to see all of these games one by one and flip between them. Um, although I wasn't at my own house, so I didn't get to enjoy direct TV's headache-inducing split screen Ooh, this time around. Um, <laughs> At which point we got to enjoy three minutes of Colón fans just standing around with their oh, hands on their heads. Devastated. Crying. Absolutely devastating. Completely <laughs> understandably. Especially after oh, the yeah. season that Colón have had. Um, going up and down, having the points deduction, having the major crisis where they didn't even play the match against Atletico de Rafaela, which could have been key. Mm. In the end, if the players had turned up for it now. Oh, that's right. Yeah. If they'd if they just turned up to play it and lost it, they no, wouldn't have had a six-point deduction, they'd have finished above. They'd have gone by three points. No, the right?
1: six-point deduction was for uh, Nelson. Oh, you're quite right. right. Yeah, that was yeah, the yeah. transfer. Target. Uh, the Rafael just got the
3: points for, yeah, for, yeah. for uh, Juan Carlos Falcón. So, yeah, yeah yes, Pasco, Atlante, yeah. Mexico.
0: So scrap that bit, whatever you said. Until... With the last kick of the game, and literally with 10 seconds don't to mean, go. I mean
1: if you could even call it a kick. It wasn't a was kick. a and There was a yeah. free
0: kick punted yeah. into the box. Lucas Alario went up for it, headed it into uh, Niro Niro the Niro goalkeeper, Nario Champagne. Thank you very much. Uh, who punched it straight back down into Lucas Alario's midriff, knee, bollocks, <laughs> say head, somewhere. One of those <laughs> parts. Extremity, let's <this> say. <laughs> And it trickled, it could have gone anywhere It could have easily gone out for a goal kick It could have gone out for a corner Off um, an Olimpo defender It went into the bottom corner And the cemetery of elephants erupted mm. well, they must they have been The benefits about Venice, visitors That's the nickname of Colón's Ground Because they used to beat a lot of big teams This time they beat Olimpo yeah, okay.
2: A typical case in which the ball wants to get into the yeah. Into the <laughs> Mariano had to go in.
0: Mariano afterwards on Twitter And I'm going to put this across Because of course Mariano's not available to record with us today um, was, in true Argentine style, voicing his unease about exactly how legitimate these last-minute goals are. The way that he put it was... Right? You'll like this. Who were Atlético de Rafaela managed by? Poruchaga. Which club is Jorge Borruchaga a legend at? Independiente. Arsenal de Sarandí as well. They were playing Arsenal de Sarandí. So Mariano couldn't help but suspect that just possibly Arsenal had allowed Atlético de Rafaela to get that late goal and then Colón had had a word with Olimpo and said, just go easy, eh? I think, however, that the nature of the winner for Colón <laughs> sort of scotches that theory. Yeah, uh, you couldn't, given have, that it you was couldn't have done that happiest goal if you ever. tried. It was but... with 10 seconds to go. Um, and yeah, there was no way it could have been deliberate at all. No. Um, so a hell of a, a relegation finale and it's going to be a true final now. We are going to finish the season having had two matches and not just one between Atletico de Rafaela and Colón because they're playing off against each other. They're kicking off at 2pm. It was moved from 3pm for some reason. I think possibly so. The second half didn't clash with the Champions League final um, on Saturday in Rosario Central's stadium, and it's going to be winner takes all. Is it a match followed by a penalty shooter or is it a match then half an hour of extra time then a penalty shooter if like, probably be just a penalty shootout. Yeah, right, I think it's just a penalty shootout. They do that the Yes, I think there, there will be not not uh, 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 how do you say it?
2: after the match uh, uh, yeah. the largo no extra time.
1: There'll be 10,000 fans on each side as well, after fraught negotiations. In a stadium of about 50,000, maybe 45,000. Because Colom wanted 20,000, Rafaela wanted it played behind closed doors. (laughs) So they compromised, or rather, Grondona came in and said, right, this is what we're doing. And they gave 10,000 to each
3: side. They basically said that, because um, Rafaela said that it was a hazard because of security issues and whatnot, but basically it was because they were outnumbered. Yeah. Yeah. Colombia take 50,000 easily <laughs> but,
0: Yeah, um, it's being played in Santa Fe of course because both of the sides are uh, from the province of Santa Fe it's being played in Rosario mm-hmm. the Santa Fe province for the non-Argentine geographers uh, who are listening um, those are the six matches and we've covered all six of them that were meaningful on Sunday uh, there were a couple there was one on Friday and one on Saturday prior to that all boys no Vélez San Lorenzo that wasn't no, was- yeah. was on Sunday don't worry, we're getting to that. We're going to cover the non-meaningful ones first. All-Boys right. against Belgrano, did anybody see it?
1: No. No one in the whole country, sir. No one watching. It's all-Boys against Belgrano.
0: It ended nil-nil. From what I've read afterwards, it was dull. Not much else to say. They
1: just neither a t- side had anything to play for. No, exactly. All-Boys, all
0: of course, uh, their final uh, home match, and I suppose they might have wanted to play for Pride, but that's about it, and Pride doesn't count for much when you're all-Boys, so... There you go. Uh, Argentinos Julio's bid farewell to the Primera for at least six months with a 3-2 defeat away to Rosario Central. Um, that one I also didn't watch, but it looks like it was a bit of a cracker. Uh, Walter Acuña, I have seen the goals. I think it was Acuña's goal. It was really good, wasn't it? There was a long-range screamer from Jesus Mendes to open the scoring 20-0. Yes, Acuña then Acuña's was, yes. got the winner. Well, he got what turned out to be the winner. He put them 3-1 up and uh, Argentinos Nicolas Ferre, uh pulled one back with a few minutes to go Uh, that was 3-2 that was rather good and then on Sunday evening um, Lanús and on Newell's old boys Drew 1-1 Victor Arshana with another fine goal that was a long ranger as well and Alexis Castro um, for Newell's and then on Monday we bade farewell to the torneo final with as we've mentioned already the match that was going to decide the um the, the top of the season long table business with Copa Libertadores qualification uh, Dele Sarsfield visited San Lorenzo now we've mentioned now already once this season it was six months ago so we'll remind you again how stupid it was for the effort to put that fixture on the final weekend given the rivalry between the two clubs <laughs> so Then,
1: if you haven't got away fans it doesn't really change that much I guess
0: it's true yeah but I mean the police have managed to Pissed people off by beating one of the fans, that was it, San Lorenzo family that visited Veles a couple of years ago. So even then it's not. And he died, yeah. Yeah, Oh, he died, of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it was a tremendously entertaining match. There were no deaths, at least that we've heard of. Um, and Velez Sarsfield emerged 3 2 victors. The way that that one was going was that going into it, San Lorenzo needed a draw or a win to top the season long table. Velez would top it with any win. Um, and they got the win. Uh, Mauro Sarate scored twice Lucas Prato then scored from a, the penalty spot when Sarate was already on a hat-trick which this is the other thing as well because Kavadaki got subbed off at River yeah. having also been on a hat-trick having scored two goals so it just it's a good thing that no one in Argentina particularly gives a toss about scoring hat-tricks No I was very surprised that with
1: Sarate on a hat-trick he it. wasn't giving the ball like you know just because, I
0: mean Sarato is basically English right he's been linked to West Ham now he's gone like, to West Ham he's gone he's to West, West Ham gone. Today. Yeah, no, it's confirmed no it was today,
1: confirmed yeah. yesterday I saw it like they were yes. doing a whole video montage of Sarato's career on oh, T C. yeah don't... he's off to West Ham no, no, I, I didn't know if it
4: was confirmed his brother see, it sounds as if his brother was just kind of like hawking yeah his brother said you. something, like, yeah, something yeah. it's basically yeah. done but we need to go and finalise it and I it thought is, yeah. at least obviously well
0: I've heard it's
1: done and dusted and
0: I tweeted it and then got a couple of tweets from West Ham fans saying that apparently he's a key part of how West Ham's board want to play their football next season so yeah. it's going to be a 180 degree transformation basically they want to play on the round, ground. Wait, was quality
1: what was he top sc- we should say he was top scorer as well yes in uh, yeah, the finale was. with 12 I okay. believe
2: has
3: he been outside. sold as a new terrace <laughs> I he's yeah.
2: a well we know
0: him in England already he's played <laughs> for Birmingham remember yeah. um, it's 13 goals yeah. he finished with 13 uh, yes. 4 ahead goals of Guido goals, Carricio in yeah. Estudiantes, ah, he, did it walking, he finished on anyway. 9 Kavanaki got 8 Emmanuel Gigliotti got eight. Jose Valencia The little so train
2: got seven. Seven. For Olimpo. But talking um, about Sar- sorry talking about Sarte, I We're heard- not going to go
0: all the way down the goal scoring list under SES Yes, I heard
2: he's the seventh player in, in in to play for two different teams in the Premier League. So I shouldn't play. yeah. time player. Yes, that
0: makes yeah. much more sense. Um, so good luck to Mauro yeah. on his latest excursion to England. We hope it lasts a bit longer than he did <laughs> with Birmingham, for some reason didn't want him after he saved them from relegation before. Um, so that's your lot. that Estersfield to finished top of the, the table. We've got the Super Finale coming up this weekend between, mm. as we say, River Plate and San Lorenzo. Uh, is there anything else to mop up from the Torneo Final? We've mentioned. No, the I think of that's fairly fra- comprehensive. I think we need to apologise to Boca Juniors fans perhaps for having slagged them off basically the entire season, and they've ended up finishing second in the season-long table and second in the Torneo Final.
1: Now nah, they were pretty shit, though, though.
0: But how is this if they finish second in the table then?
1: No? It's a holy shit.
0: <laughs> That's exactly what my girlfriend's, my girlfriend's dad, who I've mentioned before of course who is a Bocker fan, came in just as Ripper was celebrating the title on television and uh, started looking through the table and said it says something when this Bocker side have finished yeah. to no, finish that no, line he's line. Um, although Bocker did finish, finish in fantastic form. Uh, yeah, they
1: finished with that when they've already had no chance of the title and they were just playing for, uh, playing for fun.
0: They the big games they, they bottled. Three, four, five, six, and eight matches unbeaten at the end, with uh, the last five in a row. Mm. Um, so, not bad. Mm. So mathematically, I with mean the chance for two games to go, it wasn't going to happen, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, we need to mention if we talk about Boca Juniors, and indeed when we're on the wrong hand of Pop, because otherwise someone's going to ask us and we're <laughs> going to get annoyed, that they have now offered Juan Román Riquelme a new contract. <laughs> Don't want all so that coming, did we? Really? Yes. Um, well, I, I didn't see it coming this month. after, so I was expecting it to happen in early August, just before, possibly the day before the new championship started. Uh, but it's one year. Although what? this is just the
4: kind of when, yeah, this year is going set to start to start eighteen months because now well, it's yeah. Just, no, yeah, now yeah, now for they're, one they're year it, and Now it's like well, we'll see. So they're they're almost.
0: almost Following my advice of a couple of weeks ago, I'm just giving him a six month contract because he only plays well yeah. a few months after his contracts so...
1: No, he won't well, yeah, sign a six month contract. The other point. thing is football 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 it's no, no, sign no. I should have offered
2: it. Uh, apparently, he has been for <laughs> a one year contract and yeah. he now he wants, wants to discuss with his months. manager because he has offers from Brazil. No teams, of course. No. <laughs> uh, and the same story as last year. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, he
3: The thing is that it kind of seems like the Boca board are basically playing the odds um, in a way that if they offer uh, Riquelme a one year contract and he refuses they are not like left as the guilty ones as he had before
0: I mean the only reason they've offered him a contract at all is they've been backed into it I think the Boca board seem to realise what we've said for some time which is that it's probably not the best idea for the team's development to keep Riquelme on the squad when they've got other younger number 10s who need playing time and who can't get playing time when Riquelme is an option because he's Riquelme.
1: The problem uh, is he's still a very good player. Like. Well, in, indeed. <laughs> letting uh, go of someone his. like Riquelme is hard. Yeah. Yeah, but
4: we'll, we'll see is, if he's uh, as good once he signs the contract. <laughs> gets uh, stuck in... That's very cynical. Thing. Thing. Very cynical. Spends the winter in La Tortuga
2: drinking mate. Yeah. Of the, <laughs> the truth is that the world is waiting for him to say no and, and he, so that they say Oh, okay, we offered him mm. a contract, and he said no. Mm. That's the truth. Mm-hmm.
3: And one impression I get also that is that um, what, what, what we were speaking about uh, before, uh, Boca finishing second, yet we haven't managed to put a finger on it. It was basically because Boca lo- either lost the really dumb uh, games or the really important games in the season, and Riquelme basically managed to pull the different to 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 the difference in some of them like for example that, that free kick on in the River game mm. Mm. Yeah. which did t- in t- fact make a difference the Tigre t- game was t- t- brilliant yeah, yeah, yeah. of
0: course the, the weekend after yeah, the, the last minute winner from 30 yards 25 yards or something into the top corner followed yeah, yeah, yeah. by a shrug of the shoulders you know? <laughs> well if you fuckers aren't going to do it then I'll do it myself in <laughs> more practical exactly um there we go. The, the next uh, big tie, of course, for Boca is the Superclasico against <coughs> River Plate in Cancun. No, not in Cancun, Cancun. in Mexico in City. It's been moved in. to the Estadio Azteca yeah. um, to to take into account the fact that I think they've realised that, yes, people will actually buy tickets for River yeah. Boca, even yeah, at lower the prices. Uh, yeah, they're going to have it in some 25,000-30,000 sta- <laughs> seater stadium in, in uh, Cancun. Why not play it in the 110,000 seater Estadio Azteca? Um, so zero. all of that lovely money will be flowing in on the I think it's the 31st of May, isn't it? Um, okay. So look forward to that, uh, Argentine football fans. There is one more big fixture left before the World Cup, even though it's a friendly and it's going to be rubbish. <laughs> and Fernando is not going to be playing, so it doesn't really count.
4: But <laughs> so so he is going, didn't
0: he? Raquelme probably is going, yeah. I wouldn't have thought he'll... Uh,
4: I'm, I'm sure I saw today, you know, yesterday, the headline.
0: It would make sense. I, I would have thought that they they've got some kind of the people who've arranged the the match, I yeah, think, yeah. have got some kind of messy for Argentina style contract where right, yeah. certain players on both teams have to play, assuming he, they're He fields. Can play
2: that match and then leave because the
0: yeah, That would be hilarious <laughs> <laughs> if he plays that and then announces that he's going. He's had an offer from Mexico while he's been there. Um, We're going to play some music now and we will come back and very briefly mop up the stories so far in the lower divisions because we've got both Gustavo and another lower division fan, Peter, Um, (laughs) here with us. Uh, There are a few rounds to go, but don't go away. Lower division roundup with the latest standings from the second division, the Nacional B, where Independiente managed to win a match again. It's at least two in a row without losing now, is it (laughs) Uh, not, Peter? 2 1 away to. In fairness you were already playing one person. Um, Douglas Haig was the gentleman who was in opposition and he went 1 0 up. He
4: did? uh,
0: From a penalty, was it? No, it was Independiente who equalised from a penalty. Or, or Was, no. it, was that, the previous no, that was a previous Independiente again? Am I just idea. making this up? No, the Dulles uh, <laughs> scored for really the penalty
2: kid. with uh, the uh, former Belgrano player, and then Thank Zura, you not, So I'm not, uh, I'm not going yes. mad. Got the equalizer and Penko. Yeah.
0: Yes.
4: And all three goals were in the space sort of sort 10 in minutes. In the space of so 13 it, minutes, yeah. 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 I, saying,
0: I, I turned does. on, I, I turned the TV on, switched over to the channel that it was on coincidentally, and saw the replay of the foul for the penalty. Uh, I missed the whole of the game up to that point So I managed to see three goals in 13 minutes And then sort of didn't pay any attention And no more goals went in Um, So I'm going to take credit for that (laughs) Independiente i do that Uh, more often please (laughs) I'll try to It was a victory which temporarily put Independiente Back into the one remaining promotion spot We have already seen of course Banfield And for the first time ever Defensa Justicia promoted to the first division already Uh, There are three games now to go uh, Defensa Justicia seem to have given up because they lost 1-0 at home to Ferro on Monday evening. Uh, Banfield beat Villa San Carlos 4-2 in a tremendously entertaining match, which That's I did watch game. nearly all of, um,
1: on Tuesday evening. It was basically played in a swimming pool, but yes. they did all right. I, can't no, ima- it I couldn't believe it was such a good game considering the conditions. Like, they could barely walk. Pretty much water polo. Yeah. Uh, it was quite
0: ridiculous. Uh, Instituto on Monday night, at 9pm on Monday night, uh, beat San Martín de San Juan mm. 3-0. Um, to move back above Independiente. Independiente are now, I think, fifth, aren't they? Yeah, followed with, the,
2: with the, the Ravan. Oh, oh, level on points today. with Uracan, of yes. course,
0: yeah. Um, Uracan just won today, the postponed match, as Peter mentioned. Uh, so, Independiente de Cordoba now, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, now have 62 points. Uracan and Independiente both have 60. Everyone down to and including. Union can still go up uh, Union are in ninth on 53 points because there are 9 points to play for of course it's highly unlikely that Union actually will go up because it would require everyone else above them to lose and then to them to go into a playoff if they won all their matches um, are you feeling more or less optimistic Peter? The question I ask you every week <laughs> yeah
4: well <laughs> and the same answer even more or less at least it's still again it's still kind of within Independiente's hands seeing as they still have to play Instituto, so that's going to be mm. the crunch game. But I guess now they kind of
0: if they balls that up and let Orakhan to slip through in the, time, the third promotion, Oh, oh would that's be hilarious. hilarious. That's, on, that's the, the
4: concern as well, I suppose, because they're kind of the form side certainly out of that pack. I like don't yeah. they think they've lost now for maybe eleven games or something. That's so,
0: a so long Urakan's record recently. Up Urakan are. 10 matches without losing they've won 7 and drawn 3 of the last 10 mm-hmm. and at home they have won 6 and drawn 2 of the last 8 which is quite some going yeah, we go. so uh, they've got Tacheres de Cordoba Union and Almirante Brown still to come 2 away games and 1 at home um, but yeah they are very much the form team well at playing
4: moment. Almirante Brown on the final day
0: Almirante Brown are relegation threatened because we never mentioned the relegation battle in the, the day Tacheres uh,
1: down already no? Tasheres or they're still kicking, still kicking. I still
0: think, kick think Tasheris is still kicking. Vichas San Carlos are down, yeah. They've managed 24 points from 39 matches. Vichas San Carlos <laughs> is had best player all season. Laughing at Independiente, I mean, poor Villa San Carlos. Um, they're down. Slightly different expectations, maybe. <laughs> well, obviously, <laughs> obviously. Um, Almirante Brown very much in the battle, but it's Tasheris and Himnasiri Jujuy who are currently. Oh, no, uh, there are four relegation spots in fact in the B, of course. Um, so Tasheris, Himnasiri Jujuy, and Almirante Brown. Other teams currently struggling to keep their heads above water. And the reason that we're mentioning the relegation battle in passing in the B is that we've got Gustavo, who is now going to fill us in on the Primera B, which, confusingly, is the third division.
3: <laughs> Awaiting the return of uh, Alicia San Carlos, which was basically um, the, the, our, our, um, our expectations of them when, when they went to the Nacional B were basically, well, they're going to be back down in one year. Um, it's the smallest pro-
0: club to be at that level in in a ridiculous so, yeah.
3: time. So yeah, yeah. Um, Chicago has managed to gain to gain the title and promotion uh, to was it two in, two games ago, and uh, there's basically now the struggle to uh, to to finish in the in the G four in the playoffs for the for the second, second promotion to the national B. There's
0: only one match left now,
3: right? Uh, yes. The, the final the final week and then uh, but basically the places have have, uh, have already been decided because um for example um uh, temperley and atlanta have already uh, qualified like a game ago and uh, now basically the, the the ones playing for for the for the for the fourth place uh for the fourth place yep. what am I missing here I uh, so, yeah. are Platense and Defensores de Belgrano who cannot play the the promotion for the for national B as they are play uh, as they are matched for the relegation battle to Primera C. Mm. Uh,
0: Defensoris, I've got the table up in front of me. I think it must have a typo in it because it, it claims, according to this league table I'm looking at, that Defensoris de Belgrano are the only team in the B in Primera B uh, to have played all 40 of their matches already.
3: No, that makes sense. Yes, it has 21 teams. You have a, a spare team yeah. in, in each. Uh, ah, yes, So
0: the defensores are in fact already in assured of fifth place because they've got sixty-one points. And Phoenix in sixth or on fifty-seven. Uh, so of course they can't be caught. But as you say, they're involved in the promedio struggle as well. Um, Do they need to play in the playoff for the relegation mm. and then get out of it to play in the promotion playoff, or are they no? They, they are have no chance. Birth? If they are they've still in the, the relegation, relegation.
3: Uh, they're basically they're, oh, they're they basically depend the on too. on Dalmine's defeat. Uh this weekend, which could send Bichardamine down to uh, Primera A.
0: Right, I've got the table as I say in front of me. If so that happens, uh, to explain the last two go down. Yeah, Defensoris are currently second bottom of the relegation table in the Primera Bay. and Bichardamine. The reason that, that this might happen is that Bichardamine have played two seasons to Defensoris three in the Primera B, so therefore they're divided by fewer matches, and a defeat would mm-hmm. drop them below after after an end of season in which in the Primera the relegation table has been tremendously simple because all three of the teams who went down have all had now three we're, seasons we're, on the board plus the two teams who just about survived Colin or Atletico de Rafaela and Godoy Cruz of course all went into the last round with three seasons on the board and it was just a matter of looking at the number of points the prevailer of B is reminding us exactly why it's a
3: <laughs> That's stupid great. fucking system to avoid. It's crazy. It's it's basically you have to expect to see what happens to with Bichard Almine if they win off the or if they tie or lose. Yeah. And so without playing another
1: game all like, right. defensively Bagrano could have a chance of going up or they could go down.
3: But like, it's uh, gonna be one of the two. Yeah, one of the two. <laughs> Actually, and I think down. No if if uh, <laughs> if, um, if if none of the of the it's matching well teams that are also also struggling, such as if I don't know if Bichard- if wins, Flandria manages to pick a point or so, and Moron uh, wins as well or loses or something like that, then Defensoris has to play a, a tie-off against uh, Moron. It's got stupid. Five.
0: Five matches being played simultaneously on Sunday at 3:30. Uh, to avoid is, any, anything su- suspicious. Uh, Deportivo, right. Merlo, <laughs> Deportivo <laughs> Merlo against Phoenix Barracas Central against Atlanta, Los Andes against Y Urquiza, Villa Dalmiña against Colegiales and Flandria versus Deportivo Morón.
3: Flandria is already down, so uh, chances for uh, for Defensores de Belgrano unless <laughs> unless uh, Villa, Villa Dalmine loses are Pretty slim.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Vishadalmine, if they got.
0: Vishadalmine uh, are at home to uh, Colegiales. Ah, they
3: should win. Last team. They should win, but who knows? With Rondina on command of Vishadalmine, they have managed to basically lose everything they had at sight. <laughs> I
2: will propose. Yeah, and am overall of five without a win. What's the other? I will propose a new career which is. Argentine football understand because mm. it's, 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 it's <laughs> an Argentine football in terms. Of, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. so you're giving us a good class on that like, <laughs>
5: that's, <laughs> that's basically what we tried
0: to do um, or what I tried to do anyway um, how are Atlanta doing? they are an Atlanta fan Dan's not an Atlanta fan so uh, tell
1: us. I mean, they haven't been losing but they haven't been winning many games they um, mm. got a very good result not the last game in the game before again ooh no, we lost to Platense. Yeah, but before that, it was a win against... Acasuso. Uh, Acasuso. Acasuso, Acasuso, right? That kind of saved the place it, in Roldo yeah. in the playoff. Like, so yeah, there's been a lot of draws. That's oh, what I've well, seen more than anything.
0: I'll wait to Barracas Central on the last
1: weekend. Barracas Central have a chance to go in the playoff, right? Or well, they did.
3: I, they did. Now, yeah. now no, they don't. I right? think ah. I see it more fit for for Phoenix to come in than Barracas, but uh, who knows? Um, the thing is that the playoffs ha- haven't yet been defined, so basically, the, this this last ske- schedule is basically to define who will play as local in both ties of, uh, in the semi final and the final.
0: And as we mentioned, Phoenix or Barracas Brown's chances Baraka of getting Baraka. to the playoffs are both on 57. Their chances mm-hmm. depend entirely on Defensor Esteve de going down. So, on the be a result, basically. Uh, <laughs> as if all this wasn't confusing enough. How about the Tonel Argentino A? Ah. Nah, no let's not even go into it. Oh, <laughs> no. it's exactly the no. same <laughs> no. level. It's exactly the But same it's level a
1: level. lot more complicated. You'll see. It's Good. like five different stages. You're yeah,
0: I, I remembered this just as I said it, and to be honest, I'm already uh, regretting opening the table. You should regret it. One thing we do know, however, is that for the first time at second division level, because the teams that get promoted from the Argentino a go up to Nacional B, of course, not Primera B, Nacional B. Oh, we're going to
1: have a library in the second division. <laughs>
0: club and biblioteca club and <laughs> library Ramon Santa Marina de Daniel, uh who were set up as a club and library and, <laughs> Makes as, sense, as Dan mentioned on Twitter a few weeks ago um, they're up are they not?
1: Yeah. I tweeted the team asking why they're called the library and they never got back to me there's <laughs> a library in their club premises is what we <laughs> I, <is there>. I, <laughs> I seriously <laughs> doubt it yeah,
0: a library in a chess club, a chess club apparently like so you a could call, a call the team like club and
1: toilet Oh, no. <laughs> <Good to laughs> club and toilet, and <laughs> right? yeah. club and cafeteria, club and yeah, club and cafe, club, club and swimming pool,
0: club and stadium. Yeah. Um, <laughs> stadium.
1: yeah, sounds like a horrible London theme pub. Right? Yes,
0: <laughs> uh, they are. I think going to possibly be joined by Kai of Comodoro Rivadavia. That's a uh, uh,
1: commissionis <laughs> The okay. Okay. Is in Juvenile Infantibus.
0: Activity Commission um, or Childish Activity Commission um, of Commodore or Rivadavia as Andres translated their name into mm. one time on Twitter. There's a very good hashtag called Ascenso en Inglis on Twitter which is basically people and I say people, it's basically me, Sever, and Andres and the guys from Elulabal Bolsa tra- uh, translating every name of every Lower division club in Argentina into into English and some of them. Are,
3: I, <laughs> it's valuable public service, uh. of I right, used so. to do the same with the with a football chantings in in the ascenso as Cantico Quiringos.
0: <laughs> Nothing will ever beat La Conchita very old boys, for that, but we can try. Um, anything else to mention in a very brief uh, lower division roundup? I don't think
3: there is, Mister. No, not much.
0: Super. We will get back to you with, uh, we don't know whether there's going to be a Hunt Pop next week, there might be, after the Super final. there might not be, because the Super Finale doesn't really matter. But in the next couple of weeks or three weeks or something, sometime before the World Cup, we're going to do a pre-World Cup one, and we will get back to you then with uh, what happens to Independiente on the, in the second division and what happens to the various other sides who are fighting to come up through different divisions. But for now, here's a little bit more incidental music. Uh, we're going to come back and before we answer the listeners' questions we're going to ask a few questions of our own and find out why exactly these strange Americans are in English German <laughs> <laughs> room been reminded during the break by Peter that we have not yet chatted about Frassing's ridiculous managerial situation.
1: Ah Jesus <laughs> I thought I got away with I just felt after we talked
0: about independent <laughs> <laughs> had to talk about. <laughs> well it's only fair. Uh Reynaldo Merlo of course was uh, fired or walked out or both or yes. something like this. <laughs> all of ago. the above. Fernando Fernando Radaeli uh Fabian Fabian are yeah. quite right. The uh, the the fire, uh, fireman has come in to uh, guide them through he's not exactly he's not as much for a fireman as Carlos Lombardi but that's what he's felt like this season for racing. it's his second caretaker spell, well third no because there was
1: another guy who took ah the Nacho yeah, yes Nacho Gonzalez. The, of course yeah. yeah we had six coaches no five but six changes I think this year was it Zubelia Radeli Ixchia Nacho Merlo Radeli yeah, six changes in one year
2: um,
0: <laughs> and they're now searching for a proper manager <laughs> and the search for a proper manager has been taking some time and has got... Well, there's no rush, you know. It, it's, it's become quite
1: amusing. Yeah, it's a historic day, I thought. I thought the whole Scorn Bride thing about um, about Gareca was brilliant. Oh, right. yeah, well... The first. So, Gareca right.
0: was first. Gareca was talking to Newmont's yeah. old boys and talking to Racing and saying on every... And
1: Universidad de Chile. And Universidad de Chile. And Celta de And Celta de Vigo.
0: Of course, because Celta de Vigo manager uh, Luis Enrique has replaced Stato Martino at Barcelona. There's an Argentine manager at the end of everything. (laughs) The beginning (laughs) and the (laughs) end, yes. Indeed, because Federico, you're quite right, was the guy who's uh, replaced Luis Enrique at Celta de Vigo and whose job then, Garrega, was... and so forth. Um, (laughs) Garrega was always very uh, clear that his priority was to get a job outside Argentina. I wonder why. (laughs) Um, Newell seemed like the far better bet, surely. I mean why on earth Anybody would want to Take the rasting job At the moment you th- Especially if they have The Newell's job On the table You're thinking oh. No the only thing
1: I can think is that He wants to stay around Capital and Buenos Aires And he didn't want To go to Rosario And that really is The only <laughs> Yeah that's the <laughs> only reason Why he could possibly Want to go to Rasting and Um
0: And then we had uh, Garreca uh, then flew To São Paulo um, To talk to Palmeiras In a brilliant suit it's a suit that comes out of suit. I've got pictures of it here. Gotta be proud of uh, that. Bon Jovi's special site. I mean, yeah. he looks like one of the Rolling Stones on tour. It's, it's remarkable. He kind
3: of looks like Bill Nye. Yes, I look a little bit like Bill Nye. But he, he looks I like anyway. Bon Jovi, to be honest. Um,
0: it's it's, it's <laughs> very Bon Jovi, that look. I, I took a, a, a couple of tourists to an Argentinos Velez game during the torneo Inicial, I think it was and uh, we walked right past Galerica on the way out the stadium because after the game if you take a tour group they let like, you walk out onto the pitch they show you the presser and everything and on the way out we walked literally we had to ask the TV cameras to you know we had to wait for the yeah. TV interview to finish because they had it right in his face and we had to walk out afterwards and then the girl turned around and goes he looks like he could be your dad
1: to <laughs> me <laughs> but anyway unless they don't know that <laughs> Sam's dad is actually David Bauer. yes well indeed <laughs> it's very well known in Argentine football circles yes
0: so it is um, but anyway uh, Gareca ended up taking the Palmeiras job because he's not a complete dickhead and uh, didn't want to get to Rattis <laughs> and we were then <laughs> l- late, later on the same day we were met with the, the magnificent thing of Gareca turned it down followed it almost immediately by Matias Almeida turning it down followed by Mauricio Pellegrini and Gustavo Barros Gilotto, who's the twin no one's ever heard of he um, was a champion the assistant wrestling. manager at Lanús yeah. and, and champion at Racing. Please, um, they all turned the Racing down job on the same day. <laughs> but, no, it's difficult not to laugh. Done. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, no, I mean they're now I laugh because
1: it's just ridiculous that
0: like. they're now talking to Marcelo Gallardo, who of course won the title last year with Nacional, Nacional and, left. Um, and they're talking to Rodolfo arroa Barrena. It says here, and yes. although and say this way. Diego Coca is still their preferred candidate.
3: Are they going to get any of these people? or, or Omar Assad as well. Pardon? In the last hours. Omar Assad as well. The ex-Velez striker. Ah, Omar Azad. Omar, Asad. Omar oh, who Omar Asad, with, yes. With Turo yeah. Flores in the 94 yeah. Cup. for uh, He was at Vela Cruz. He was at San Lorenzo. And yeah. Valas, yes. mm. um, briefly. I think, yeah,
1: on. I think it's going to come out of either Gasharo, or um, Arrogarrena. I had some, some terrifying rumors for for that um, it would be Claudio Boveda. And I thought, oh my god,
3: no, Jesus no. Why least, would that be no. so bad? It's, it's, it's kind of like it's, calling it's, JJ Lopez back to River Yeah,
1: <laughs> essentially he's um, Merlo's No, wait a minute Merlo's number two, yeah Yeah, no, he, yeah. No, he was So actually, I was doubting between uh, Merlo and Basile.
3: But yeah No, Merlo's number number two He's uh, job. No, footballistically speaking uh, Uwe is kind of like the, the like the love child Between Mostaza and Gustavo Costas <laughs> Absolutely off for the. A is, <laughs> it's insane, must say. It's the, it.
0: it's the ultimate poison chalice at the moment. I mean, you'd have to be complete. Even if you're a massive racing fan, you'd have I don't to be insane done... to take it. It's going to your
1: it's gonna be. It's going to be a very interesting preseason at Racing because they have money now. Yes. Where's the money coming from? Though? The money's coming from is it Rodrigo from de ridiculous No, it's coming from Rodrigo de Pol, who went for, what, five million dollars? Mm-hmm. Um, and also in Victor Blanco, the president, while he was in Europe doing that deal, he also picked up some cash for <laughs> Lucas Castro for... This is... <laughs> <It's a great laughs> the ridiculousness of the club is that the president actually has to go to Europe <laughs> to make the clubs pay for players. That <laughs> they've when,
0: already
1: sold. That they've already sold like two years ago. Where? But I digress. So there is money <laughs> uh, Apparently Melito Is uh, certain to come back And he wants to bring A few of his European buddies Along with him And So it's going to depend On the pre-season like, I want to get A coach in as soon as possible So he can actually Work out who he's with In uh,
3: the pre-season also, uh, I've
0: heard David Moyes Is available <laughs> I'll take him uh, You know also, at this point.
3: Also uh, Atletico Madrid Want Vieto as well But uh, Valencia Have a first uh, option Yes And,
0: and yeah. Sporting Olim He's only been um, on
3: loan Hasn't he? No No Vieto No, no that's Viola Viola, Viola. Uh, okay. Oh
0: okay That makes Viola. more sense yeah, yes. I, I get confused with these but two But
1: Valencia brought thing. A first option on Vieta, So whatever um, ah, right. thing think things so for it, him Like to, yeah. if they equal it They can get it.
4: Was there also some Story that In the De Palo deal As well as having first option on Vieto Maybe some loan Possible loan players From Valencia Coming to Racing
1: I hadn't heard it it would be very nice I know when it happened I read
4: that um, they were talking about possibly (laughs) trying I think it might have been wishful thinking on Racing's part.
1: but But no I think in Racing despite the dreadful season we had we don't have to be all doom and gloom like if you look at the players who are there they're not the worst
0: no we've been saying this for
1: two or three years yeah on paper no no, last last year we we picked up 60 points a season that's true in a in a year. And then you sat the manager for And then we sat the main the, yeah. <laughs> the real problem's coming in the ballroom, but I think the players that are there, you know, vieto you've got um Alwed, you got some some pretty alright players, like Saco and Goal obviously. Like if you get the right people directing them and managing them, like it could be an alright team and you add a few more players in. But as again we go into the new season with all the hope in the world and we're just waiting as well to see it all blow up in our faces. Well, we'll talk about that when we actually get to going
0: into the new <laughs> season in the first time of sod prior to the uh, 2014 Torneo Transition. Uh, for now, we want to ask uh, Sa- American Sam and American Peter, um, why are you here? Mm. Tell us, gentlemen. That's a,
6: that's a good question. Well, why are you
0: filming us? Why are these cameras in I our faces? i a top
6: class, top class education. <laughs> yeah. for football. Pretty, pretty much just to learn right now. Um, so now we're uh, So we're filming a documentary about Latin American football And we're going to every country That qualified for the World Cup On the way to Brazil Then we're spending the whole month In Brazil Enjoying the tournament And capturing the sights and sounds Of the greatest tournament there is So um, that's pretty much the long and short of it But we're really doing it Because we want the game to grow In the United States um, We're all filmmakers, journalists, writers So we want to Take our skills, put them to use, and uh, this is sort of the crazy idea that we came up with. So we just kind of like quit our all, quit our jobs and put some money into it, and now we're Raised just traveling around, yeah, yeah raise the some money and. The documentary on. is called American Football. Football spelled, 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 spelled. spelled the proper way. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: And where have you been so far? Because Argentina is your last stop before you head to Brazil for the World Cup, right? Uh, We're going to...
5: Uh, We're off to to Uruguay in a week or so. But uh, we we were in Mexico, we were in Costa Rica, Colombia. The only one we, unfortunately, didn't get to go to was Honduras. Logistically, security, couldn't work it out.
0: So you've basically been to all of the countries that have qualified from... Exactly, all the
5: the countries that are going to be at the World Cup. A big exploration of soccer on this American continent. Mm -hmm. Because in the U.S., you know our soccer influences are spread in two directions to europe and to the south in, in, in latin america but much more there's much more visibility for that in europe so we said you know this is our this is our chance even as friends who you know we're big liverpool fans I and mean, we're influenced by the european game too it's our chance to come down here understand more about latin american football sit here and listen to you guys <laughs> um and it's been great We about two months now we've been traveling and Colombia, Ecuador, Ecuador was amazing. Ecuador we got to you guys would know Ulysses de la Cruz. He's now a now a congressman there. We got to go to his old, his, his hometown in the Valley Valley de Chota a lot of these Augustine Delgado, Delgado where they come from so it's, it's difficult not to laugh at that language, to speak Argentine it basically <laughs> means penis valley <laughs> I am <yeah>, Argentine oh <laughs> really <Yeah. laughs> we, have, we have some <laughs> similar there's uh, some similar American words to that <laughs> yeah. we've we made a few jokes about it the Chota Valley we <laughs> yes. uh, but it was amazing you know, we got to play soccer with Ulysses we got to sit down with him at the congress and do an interview with him um, in Colombia, yeah, he's, he's a he's a
6: congressman now in, yeah. in Ecuador. So, mm.
5: Colombia, we got to go we, in Cali, Colombia. We went, got into the stadium like this rogue way with the Barra of América de Cali, mm. which is which seems to me much like Independiente here. Big, big, big club in stuck in the second division for a while, really fighting for for promotion. Mm. Same nickname, same yeah. colors. <laughs> America, yeah. shared a, uh, colors. Shared
3: shared a lot of players as
5: well. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we got involved in that. That right in the middle of the bar in the, in the in the stadium, and it was it was very, very interesting. Interesting experience.
6: So, how many games have you been to in your travels around? The We've been to went to a Tijuana Cholos game in Mexico. That was great. Went to three games in Costa Rica. Yeah. The and two for Heredia. One between
5: Heredia and Zaprisa. Um, and the, the one in in Colombia. Colombia. In Ecuador, we did not go to any games and then the seasons kind of ended. Yeah. In Chile. And we unfortunately the scheduling we kinda of made some errors coming here. We Got arrived the here the the just the city. Yeah. Day yeah. yeah. The yeah. yeah. The day. But are still
1: independiente down in uh, second division. Luckily cool. in the second yeah. division. Yeah, so yeah. we're actually yeah, we're yeah. thinking
5: about heading yeah. heading there on, on Saturday with you know with a smaller camera and just taking some some you know or so maybe images of the, of the fans and, the and I'm intrigued
0: I'm intrigued to ask that uh, we've been in touch for some time I'm not sure when you first got in touch with Dan and got invited along to the podcast but of course you guys have been emailing me a yeah. few months now already um, and uh, I, I was struck by the email that I received from Sam the other day saying so when is it that Defence Eagles DC and Banfield are going to have a chance to get, get promoted when they were both promoted like two weeks ago already Uh, and it it kind of that that tells me a lot about how confusing some of the league structures are not just here but also in the rest of the countries you've been travelling around where's the most ridiculous league structure that you've been to because I know that there are some that are worse than Argentina where at least now it's just the top three go straight up and they become straight down even when you've got the promedios and all of the ridiculous championship stuff
6: that's tough Um, knockout
0: stages second knockout stages, is all the rest of it to decide a league title
6: Mexico's it's pretty straightforward but it's kind of weird because it's I think it's what 18 teams in in the first division but they have
0: well the Mexican like, system is an example because it's one that's very widely known anyway that everyone's maybe. used to because the Mexican league is relatively watched and it's yeah. stable the system's been the same for a fairly long period of time so anyone with an interest more or less knows how the Definitely. championship works but it's really not, it's really kind of a stupid system so it's not well, like it, a league it, title yeah it's, it's
6: it's a league but then at the end of the league it's like oh we're going to have playoffs too so like, well yeah and I guess
4: you also just Got the fact that Leon were just crowned champions yeah, and yeah, finished yeah. eighth in the. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. yeah very we're, we're, we're used, used to that. Used to in that America. In America. Especially when you look at the,
6: at the MLS. Hmm. Um, I remember one year they had, so, very Salt Lake from Salt Lake City, which is very far in the western part of the United States won the Eastern Conference title one year with I think they, they had a losing record and then they ended up winning the MLS Cup as Eastern Conference champions mm-hmm. because the way the playoff system worked it was unbalanced there were too many teams in the Western Conference so one of them had to like qualify for the other playoff s- structure even it's without there, promotion right?
5: relegation, MLS. Yeah, it's, it's I would say our league's pretty pretty damn confusing. We're we're just kind of
6: making it up as we go. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, the idea the idea of the whole document that we're
5: doing is to educate and to, and to yeah. inspire more American fans to to take their influences from from,
2: from, so from right. here. And in Mexico, they, they, they have in Mexico a, a, a system which is similar to the NBA, like a draft or something like that. They transfer some and, and players that can be signed with. I think in the U.S., not in the U.S. Yeah, no, not, I, not, in not, in not so M- much in no. the Yeah, no, it's yeah. very
5: yeah. much an American sports league. It's good. We have the college system, mm-hmm. we have the college, the super draft, why do they call it super, God knows why. But, but they, super they, in front of anything, game. Yeah. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> you know, they pick the best college players, bring them on their team. Um, yeah, and then the, you know, the playoff system is, is all the same. Yeah.
1: What well, I wanted to ask you guys is... Um, well, obviously, you've probably seen a lot of difference between um, playing in the U.S. and then playing down here or playing in Europe. But are there lots of differences between, like, between Latin American countries, like the culture of football? Say, between Argentina, Colombia, or Costa Rica, Chile, like, do you see the kind of differences, or is it more of like a shared culture?
6: I I think so. I think, especially when you look at sort of the fan culture, mm-hmm. um, you know, for example, in Costa Rica, you know, Pura Vida. The Pura Vida lifestyle is very easygoing, very relaxed. You can see that in their fans. You know, they're they're very passionate, but, it, you know, it was it was interesting to see those matches and then go to Colombia and experience the Cali match and just see the different level of passion and care that people have. Not that they don't care in Costa Rica, but it, it, it reflects sort of their society, mm. um, which is a really cool thing for us to experience and part of what we want to show with the movie. But there's... Um, Definite, definite differences from country to country and even even with the football a lot of it's similar but um, you know I think in Mexico uh, we kind of benefited from seeing a team that likes to knock the ball around and play some attacking football in Tijuana Cholos then you go to Costa Rica where the players aren't as talented I'd they're say bit older. a bit older <laughs> they're all like 32 <laughs> 33 um, so there's a, lot, a lot of long ball a lot of a lot of you know you got your big target man up top, and you just hoof it up to him and hope for the best. And then, you know, Colombia was a little different, but that was a second division team as well. Right. Um, yeah, they, they they played with a little a little more flair too, I think.
5: A Bit more physicality there, yeah. Bigger players, mm-hmm.
6: yeah. That's and, and then in Ecuador too, we didn't see any matches in Ecuador, but the, pretty much the story we talked about was how um, over over the last couple decades they've changed the way they scout players to look for these physical specimens yeah. who have like some talent instead of, yeah. instead of focusing on, yeah. on the skills in particular related to football they really focus on finding these these really big strong players so who can be kind of formed yeah. into good football exactly. Exactly. yeah I know oh, something
1: yeah. similar happens here as well I remember reading an interview with Sergio Batista the ex-Argentina coach uh, I think in his first few days like you know this was when he's coming off being the youth coach and stuff not the problem here now is um, they're just always trying to rush youth players off for sale at twenty twenty one so instead of kind of developing their talents developing their skills it 's bulk them up in the gym get them stacked up, and then ship them off so they can they can hold their own in Europe so I think it's something that 's happening across the whole continent they just want to sell as quick as possible
5: yeah I think one of the cool things about this is if we 've had the chance to get into the the youth ranks and see how different countries develop their talent when and that's something in. You know, in the US where we need to bridge the gap between young players because there's so many young players who play soccer in the United States but then there's just this this break in between ages like the, like 14 to 19 yeah. they just stop their development or they go on they go to high school and it becomes a popularity contest they play American football they stop yeah. playing soccer but if they can keep playing because we've got you know uh, great <laughs> it's, 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 it's athletes it's still a mystery why we've never had a superstar you know? we've we never really, know. really had a soccer superstar
6: there's a lot of problems with, with the American game and the way they try and cultivate talent, I mean, obviously geographically, it's a massive country and it's difficult to really create such a comprehensive scouting system and rating system and keep track of all those players. But also, it's still very much a one-sided game socially, I think, where you know, like, in Ecuador our story was Chota Valley, these players who are from these poor regions who are finally being discovered, who you know all these coaches and managers went out there in the 90s and early like late late 80s early 90s to find these players in these poor regions who have never been looked at before and in the U.S. we don't really do that yet even though we have a a really good amount of immigrant players immigrant cultures we just haven't really embraced that yet Um, even, even, even yeah even in big cities you know it's you can probably go to New York and find a dozen, dozen or so players that could that could kill any premier team in the U.S., which are predominantly kids who have enough money to to join a decent league. You know, um, so it's still very much a search, mm-hmm. it, it, search for talent. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a rich, rich kids' game still, and they need to sort of change that. That's my did, opinion anyway. Not did everybody say any, agrees with that
0: see Did you see any differences in? in from one Latin American country to another in those respects? Um, in broad, broadly speaking, you're saying that it happens more in the States than in Latin America, but between for instance, Costa Rica and Chile, which is a country's economy at the moment is booming and is one of the strongest in, in the region. Is there much of a difference there in terms of how they bring footballers through?
6: It's difficult to say, because we, I mean, not every country really looked at how they develop talent, where they find talent. Um, I'd imagine so, though. Um, but I don't you, you know you've thought about
2: that.
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean, in Costa Rica, I, I think it's a place,
5: I mean, it's such a small country, right? And, and, and a lot of people who play soccer, there's a lot of American interest there. Um, in terms of the, I think there, they have a big problem where they, we watch the games and all these guys are old. All these guys are 29 to 30, 33, 34 and on the bench, you can just see these young young kids, twenty to twenty five, who who are eager to get on the pitch. And whenever they bring one on, he just lights it up, right? And they're like, "You need more of this." And it's obvious. And the and the Costa Rican people we hung out with and watched soccer games, and they were saying the same thing. And then when the young kids came on, they they, they got on the edge of their seat, and they're like, "Now, let's 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 see this." Um, in Chile, like you said, we didn't really get into. There was no there was no games. There was not, not much going on there for us. Um, but in a place like Colombia, where I think. As far as developing talent, you go anywhere in that country, mm-hmm. and, that, and there's there's people of all all ages playing in any league, any team. It's that that country is mad for soccer, totally mad for soccer. But you know, but it's funny. Not every Latin American country has the same amount of passion for, for football. Mm-hmm. If you go to Costa Rica, it's not all throughout. It's not all throughout. Colombia, yeah. you see it top to bottom. A place like Chile, I didn't feel it. The economy you said booming, yeah. It seems mm-hmm. like a very developing, rapidly country. We didn't feel the football culture there very much.
6: I mean, granted, there weren't any games, but you know, you're in in Colombia. Every every street corner, there's some sort of street or yeah. whatever local team there is. In Chile, we didn't. I mean, there was some, but you didn't really, you didn't really get the same vibe yeah. that you got in some of the other countries. Sure.
0: Yeah. Finally, guys, because we need to wrap this little section up quite soon, I'm afraid, because I have to go quickly. Um if there's one sort of lasting impression that you if you had to go back to the states tomorrow the one lasting impression of football in Latin America compared with the states compared with I don't know if you've been to Europe and seen it there but most of our listeners are from the states and I'm guessing most of them oh, haven't,
5: yeah. haven't been lucky enough to come down here so my impression is go to your local park Find the kids who are talking Spanish and start playing with them. <laughs> You're gonna, not only will you get better at, at playing soccer, you'll learn more about soccer. Their, their, their passion is infectious. And you'll learn some Spanish, which, <laughs> to me, is an imperative part of whatever the future of the United States. As
0: the producer of Hand of Pod, I would like to say that we distance ourselves from any advice saying, go and play with Spanish-speaking children in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, there we go. Great. It's <laughs> a hard tale, I would say. Um, <laughs> I should take the kicks. I'm afraid guys I'm really sorry to cut you short but I do have to be at my girlfriend's house in ooh, 20 minutes time or so <laughs> so we are now area. going to begin uh, we're now going to begin asking some um, answering answering listeners questions um, Darren Paul we're going to zip through these as quickly as possible says any chance of a mention for Platense they got a passing mention earlier so that's a yes Yeah. yeah uh, uh, to remind you if you can't remember what the passing mention was they are third in the Primera B. they're assured already of a playoff place no, aren't they for the not, fourth are they
3: we are the third.
0: Atlanta third. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, you're quite right. Yes. Um, but they don't, they're they in the playoffs.
3: Uh, as for, for Platense, you. we don't like you, we lost to you, and yeah. we, <laughs> wish <laughs> to we wish to never see you again, especially sorry, in Atlanta. the G4 play uh, games.
0: That is an Atlanta fan's view, not <laughs> a hand of potty. I second so. it. <laughs> ask,
3: ask, ask Santi Azuela, uh, what he thinks about it. Darren also
0: <laughs> asks, is there any more vocabulary like Pac-Man In Argentine football uh, Pac-Man Pan-Man? of course Being the, the number five Who gobbles everything up And um, As Seba Mentioned on Twitter A couple of weeks ago It's a very 1990s expression I'm guessing Gustavo and Andres Are going to be best
2: For this one I think we already Talked about that And I, I mentioned Marciera As the one Of the most uh, Pacman, Similar to Pacman, Because yeah. there is No anymore I think No No that uh, players that eat the legs of the uh, rival.
3: <laughs> if he, if you if you ask me about a player, I thought it was the the Argentinian backman was Bataglia. He was mm-hmm. basically able to eat the the rival's legs as as well as still a lot of uh, passes without any call for that many fouls. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, which is the really the real art to it. Uh, Leo Rosomano asked, especially for the River fans, that's me and Andres, uh, but open to everyone. What's your all-time favorite championship-winning team? Ooh. Andres is going to be able to give a far better answer than I can for this because I've seen 2003 Apertura 2004 Sora, 2008 Sora. Andres has seen River win a few more championships than I have in his memory
2: uh, yes. and he still can't think of one Nineteen, 96, 97. there we go we'll, we'll default
0: to that one gentlemen from your respective clubs
1: uh, for Rossi, it's got to be 66 right no doubt ok
0: we struggle to keep a straight face as we ask oh, Peter.
3: Fuck off. Uh, Gustavo? Uh, uh, not 94 side in Nacional B.
0: Excellent. Uh, Leo also asks, can you name an all-star starting 11 from this past championship? I'd like to say that I'm already... He's, he has suggested some, by the way, to make it slightly easier for us. Uh, oh, no, Liam Kelly has asked exactly the same question, and he has suggested some to make it easier for us Liam starting 11 is Geronimo Rulli in goal Gabriel Mercado of River Plate at right back Mariano Echeverria of Adam. Adam. Nice. at centre back El Ramirez Espalanta, at centre back of River Li- uh, Lucas Licht of um, I'm going all over so place, say Gymnasium. Gymnasium. Yeah. Uh, at uh, left back Carlos Carbonero Angel Correa and Victor I'm assuming Figueroa uh, in midfield Manuel Lanzini as the enganche behind Maro Sarate and Guido Carrillo that sounds good to me I'm happy to yeah. take that as the hand of Paul endorsed answer Name. I'll put El- possibly.
1: Valencia up front possibly Valencia up
0: just possibly Leandro Chichisola in goal of course Chichisola. <laughs> I think in terms of he, he, won a year, champ- he, won he won you the championship a, in terms yeah. of yeah. effect on a championship winning campaign yeah. per number of matches played I don't think any goalkeeper could ever match Chichisola. Yeah. two penalties yeah. saved yeah. in four games played yeah. Both of which saved two points. It should not be unfair <laughs>
3: against Baroero. It's remarkable. I will <laughs> he played to good. Quite Baro a bit. was, a bit a was as great well. as well. I will replace
2: uh, t- Chichisola. I will replace Rulli with Chichisola and Lanzini with Piatti. Yeah, I would
3: mm-hmm. do okay. that And replace Dict for uh, Milton, Milton Casco in Newell's. Yes, I look
2: uh, back,
0: maybe, possibly as much to do with the amount of time that he was absent and the effect that it had on Newell's while he was possibly Lucas Bernardi. purely because if he'd been there they could have done so much better but then they weren't really trying in the league anyway so you never know Uh, Ryan Ross says if Sabella leaves his role with Argentina after the World Cup this summer is Tata Martino a likely candidate to replace him
1: more than likely I think certain
0: that's the short answer yeah Uh, Liam also asks what are the chances of Esteban Cambiaso returning to River at this stage I think think very good Good. Uh, Rodolfo D'Onofrio has already contacted apparently Poncio
1: is coming to Arraso is he?
0: Ponce of course has been basically ignored by Ramon Dias yes. um, this season he's preferred Cristiano Desme and Matias Kranemiter mm. Kranemiter oh. it's turned out to be a gamble that's worked obviously and uh, I'm excited to see what happens with Kranemiter I think he's a future national team player um, oh, It's no, it it he's definitely like
1: slated for the 30th yes yeah,
0: yeah, the yeah, uh, uh, Sabella apparently was looking at him against Dinos in the, pen- mm. the penultimate round um, because it was at that match after Tino's gets ripped. Um and it was reported that Credovita was the player he was looking at and then of course Mercado was the River player who actually got called up. Um In but then I think would be a superb signing for River. Um, <laughs> what, what exactly. <laughs> on a free as well, because of course he's had his contract rescinded by Inter this uh, this week. Um <laughs> Ryan also Ryan Ross asked we did <laughs> what will the future hold for Juan Sebastián Veron, now he's retired for a second time does he see his future in coaching Estudiantes no he's going to be yeah. president oh, okay. he, he yeah, very much so. club politics rather than uh, yeah, he loves that, management right. uh, Jay Dizzle <laughs> 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 says what do you make of Galerica going to Brazil do you predict success do you think he will ever manage in Europe because when Santa Vigo have been Absolutely. ideal
3: possible he uh, has already asked for Prato has in he? Palmeiras yes.
0: surprise surprise I know a few people who are rather interested to see how Garek is going to do outside Veles Southfield.
1: Not just outside Argentina. He never had a great record before but Southfield, yeah. right? Coaching. He hadn't really shined.
3: Yeah. I think no. it
1: was at Tacheres, right? Yeah. Or like at Club, like,
3: yeah. No, I think, uh, uh, didn't he have a, a few spells in Colombia as well?
1: Yeah, he was in Colombia.
3: But he didn't do that great. No. Mm. Yeah.
0: It's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously, he was at uh, the for what six years. He's learned a lot in that time.
1: No, not so much. He Four years, right? uh, I think. Uh, Two thousand and nine. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. He had, you know, he was lucky enough Four. to enter just as they won the title against yes. sort of kind Sweden. Of, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. That kind of got his. So, you know, in, in that time, time off to uh, good
0: stuff. In that time, you learned a lot. He's got a lot of experience at continental level now as well. So yes. he's going to have improved as a manager.
1: Just yeah, how good
0: he is as a manager away from that very, very well. I mean, now uh, he's got a whole stable you know, system. Yeah. Yeah. Now,
1: now you've got the language barrier. You have got a whole mm. load of other things. You got Brazilian fans who are even more impatient than Argentine fans. You got the whole mess up with the World Cup, like the leagues have been put on hold for what two months. It's not going to be an easy, easy transition. But no. watch this space. Watch space. Let's Watch. Since he was, as
0: we all said, the Argentine Alex Ferguson. Uh, uh, and finally, the last question of the torneo final under pods. Phil Carney asks, what have you made of Tanque Silva's decline in form since Nanus won the Copa Sudamericana? He scored just three goals in the whole of the torneo final.
3: Hasn't he been in decline since we Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's been in decline since he went to work, I think. Like. Possible.
2: Naturally,
1: that's, that's, that's yeah. the answer. <laughs> it's been a slow descent. <laughs>
2: I, I think his, his character is a bit like he, oh, he bit avoids him from, from scoring goals yeah. he's not the most level-headed of individuals and when he hits a bad yeah.
0: patch I think that probably doesn't help him to dig himself yeah. up And you know he's got a very determined face and very determined yeah. celebrations how far determined he is as <laughs> a, a personality is another matter
4: although speaking about Lanus, they they could be in for quite a Tricky window judging by who's going out Out by the Yes, games.
0: they've lost two players already. Paulo Goltz and Carlos Izquierdos, arguably the two most important players in their back four, have both gone to Mexican clubs. Izquierdos uh, has gone to Santa, Santa, Lola. Lola. Uh, Santa Laguna and Goltz has gone to America of uh, Mexico City. Um, as
4: I said to you as well, uh, Tergo Mohamed is also apparently wanting to take Diego uh, Gonzalez. Yes, yeah, Mohamed
0: is the new
2: America manager, right? Not Not new, he's Laguna. been
4: there for like oh, sorry, yeah, it's been a, for a while mm-hmm. he apparently wants to bring Diego Gonzalez as well into the midfield um, so.
2: which is, which was for me I, I forgot to, re- to mention him the best uh, the, the number 5 one Diego uh, Gonzalez yes yeah, yeah. Pulpo so I mean <laughs> if, if Lanus Pope.
4: to lose all three of those in one transfer window let's go <laughs> ca-
1: well that we could mention that as like a typical number 5 nickname as well Pulpo so he's got arms everywhere legs yes. everywhere there we go. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, of course yeah. for uh, the Pac-Man question. With Pelletieri yes. as well,
2: like. yeah we should we should change uh, Pac-Man to Octopus. Yeah. It's a bit, it's a more modern one, right? Yeah. The
0: octopus, yeah. Um it's on got that a note, everywhere. On that note, ladies and gents, uh I'm going to have to bring a an abrupt end to proceedings. Um I'm mm. sure you're all waiting to hear from Mystic Sam this week. So here's Mystic Sam's theme music and then I will tell you the results of the two matches. The all-important matches that are coming up on Saturday. Don't go away. Okay, I hope you're listening. They're both on neutral ground. Uh, We can't remember exactly where San Lorenzo versus River is being played. But I'm going to go for... Go on, say that again. Punto Alto Thank you Provincia de San Luis Uh, I'm going to go for River Plate To win that match By a goal Could be 4-3 It could be 1-0 I don't know But I think that went by 1 And in the other match The the actual meaningful match That people care about And might watch uh, (laughs) Immediately before The European Cup final I'm going for The big Santa Fe Clásico Not really a clásico Because they're not From the same city Um, Atlético de Rafael Versus Colón
1: going to go for Colón to edge it I'm sorry but do you really think more people are going to watch Colón versus Rafaela than River against San Lorenzo no that's not what we said at any
0: point <laughs> that's what you said I, I, I said it's the one that matters which is true you said
1: the one that people were going to
0: watch because River San Lorenzo is essentially meaningless in that no one gives a toss about the composite americano <laughs> um, um, those I are Mystic Sam's predictions for this weekend we will be back if not next week we might or might not give ourselves a week off next week I've not decided yet it's basically my choice so we'll see um, but if not then we'll certainly be back in a couple of weeks time um, please listen share with your friends and look forward to our pre-World Cup special for now it's time to say goodbye first of all we say it from our um, American contingent let's say goodbye in reverse order so first of all uh, American Peter 2 goodbye Austin see you guys been a pleasure you guys. American Peter 1 thank you guys uh, American Sam adios and now, from uh, the, the regular hand of podders, uh, first of all, who did I introduce last? It was Andres. Andres. Goodbye. Uh, English, term. Goodbye. Gustavo. Goodbye. Peter. Goodbye, mate. And from me, I'm running out of breath, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>